This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer. A free-for-all Friday. You're asking to hear something I don't want to say. But if I do say it, I think you ought to hear it. You got anything on your chest besides your chin, you better get it off. All right, then you asked for it. Yes, we did. So lay it on us. Free-for-all Friday means you set the tone. Here is Libby Snymer. Good afternoon, and welcome to this Free-for-all Friday. Boy, is there ever a lot to talk about today. Now, earlier this week, our regular listeners will remember I had a talk with three experts on the nuclear threat from Vladimir Putin and how serious was it. And I can only say that there are examples throughout history of very bad people threatening to do very bad things, and it isn't always taken seriously. Why not? His foreign minister the other day said uh, the next war or the next world war would have to be nuclear. Now, we, we don't exactly know if this particular hit was deliberate, but what are they doing shelling around a nuclear plant? And the audacity of their propaganda to say that it was Ukrainian insurgents who did it, that is beyond the pale. Now, Putin has also said that the breakup of the Soviet Union was the biggest tragedy, and these sanctions are really working, and they are giving Russians uh, a taste of what it was like to live under the Soviet Union. The list of companies that are stopping their operations or stopping sales in Russia is growing by the day. And it's like the bad old days when they could not get any decent goods. And uh, a lot of them are barred from traveling, if not officially, because their money is severely devalued. The oligarchs are on watch lists. Their assets are being seized. Uh, it, it is really extensive. I guess the theory is that if it becomes really hard enough for Russians, there are a lot of middle-class Russians now who are enjoying a decent standard of living. They can travel. Uh, that's going to end. And I guess the hope is that that will go back on Putin. But we will have to see. The numbers to call, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And it sounds like in the last 24 hours, the number of refugees from Ukraine increased by 200,000. I mean, just imagine that. And you see those people, and it's mostly women and children who have fled with one suitcase. And in some cases, they are being welcomed with open arms. Unfortunately, that's not the case for people who look different than Ukrainians, racialized people, who are living, working, studying in Ukraine, they've had some really, really disturbing experiences there. So again, I want to hear from you. And uh, we have opened the floodgates here. So we'll have to see how that turns out. What do you think of that? Are we doing enough? And uh, closer to home and kind of easier to digest, we just uh, learned that Christine Elliott, the Deputy Premier and Health Minister, is not going to be running again. What do you think of that? I can certainly understand if after two years in the pandemic trenches, she wants a break. Uh, so that is one case where I would accept the explanation on face value, frankly. Uh, I'm trying to think of who would step into her shoes, and uh, I have to think harder. There is no one that comes to mind that could do the job. Certainly no one in her party, Uh, no one in her caucus, though you never know, people step up. It's good news that she is going to be working 
until the election. And, uh, you know, um, she's also a really nice person. I wish her all the best. What do you think that she is stepping down? A lot of people say, well, between her and Rod Phillips, two of the most competent and well-regarded people are going to be gone. Again, the numbers, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And we begin with David in Toronto. Hello, David. Hello, how are you? Fine, how are you? Not bad, thank you very much. Yes. Uh, I just wanted to comment, uh, like I know, uh, you know, Canada... Like we listen, we're a big country, and uh, I think I like to believe a compassionate country. And as far as what's going on in uh, Ukraine, uh, you know, no, uh, Trudeau was saying basically temporarily uh, letting dropping the visas for people in Ukraine to come to Canada. And I was thinking, why don't you, like, I mean, let them come, let, let them live here. Let, you know, don't treat them like tourists. Just come to, you know, come to Canada for whatever, you know, and then go back. Listen, they're in a war zone. We're a compassionate country. Women and children, like you just mentioned, women and children. And then, listen, you want to start a life that's, here in Canada. It's that's, country, uh, no? that's what we're doing. We're well, opening the floodgates for, for people who are coming here, at least on a temporary basis. Well, that, that's what I mean. Temporary. Drop the temporary. If they want to stay here, let them stay here. That's, that's what I'm saying, you know. Okay. Um, well, I, I, I'm sure uh, that there will be a stream of immigration. A lot of them want to go back when it's safe to go back, but who knows? Their country looks like it is being destroyed, frankly. Yeah, and it's going to be dangerous. You know, the thing about Canada, listen, it's safe here. You know, uh, you could make yourself a beautiful life in this country, and it's a big country. I mean, you go anywhere, coast to coast to coast, and live anywhere. And there's just such opportunity in this country. And I don't know if that's so in the Ukraine. And, you know, and especially now with the war going on and stuff like that, I mean, my opinion, again, let them stay here if they want to stay here is what I'm saying. You know, we've we've been compassionate before with the Vietnamese, both people, or in Syrians, or, or other countries where, you know, there's been issues, wars, or whatever, and we've accepted uh, people to come to this country, and I'm just saying we should do the same, not on a temporary uh, basis, but if they want to stay, let them stay. That's, that's what I'm saying. Okay, David, thank you for that. All right, well, thank you. Have a good day. Eh? You too. Bye-bye. All right, right. bye-bye. Let's go to Don in Oshawa. Hello, Don. Good morning. Go ahead. It's good afternoon, and you're on the air. Okay, thank you for taking my call. Um, all along, we've had the borders closed on, to uh, avoid with people coming in with COVID and that. And if we went to restaurants and all, we have to show these passports and all. And I 100% agree with all that. And uh, But the problem is now they're going to allow um, all, an unlimited amount of people coming in from the UK, Ukraine. And uh, last night on the... Uh, uh, CBC National News, they said that approximately only one-third of the population has been vaccinated, which means that all these people are going to be coming into this country unlimited now. And, well, basically, you can read between the lines. You know where I'm going. Um, yeah, I, I don't know how many people are going to be coming here immediately. They're going to be going to... They're They're fleeing. And they have to be able to get somewhere. This is far. I mean, they're going, they're going to the neighboring countries in Europe immediately. And, and that is generating a, a crisis on its own. Um, I mean, vaccine passports are coming off or they are off. Mask mandates are probably going to be off by, um, after March break by around the middle of the month. So our restrictions are almost gone but i hear what you're saying that if we have an influx of unvaccinated people who have been living in terrible conditions but you know again i don't know how much of a huge influx we're going to get because it's one thing to flee to a neighboring country but to get to canada i mean it's a long way off well i understand what you're saying i just feel like we're throwing gasoline on a on a fire that's almost out and uh, I mean, I'm very passionate for those people. They need to come somewhere, but uh, I think it's going to cause another catastrophe with COVID if we not if we're not very very careful. Okay, um, okay, John. Thanks very much for that. Thank you. 
Okay, let me give the numbers out again. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Were you shocked when you heard about this attack on the biggest nuclear plant in Europe? Were you relieved when you heard that there was no radiation leaking? But boy, uh, sounds like that's just luck. What do you think of that? And what about these 1.2 million people, mostly women and children, who are leaving the country? Are we doing enough? We've said we will accept uh, an unlimited number of them, certainly on a temporary basis. I don't think that many of them are getting here that quickly. We've heard of cases of people going in the other direction, going over there to volunteer. Bob Comsick has an interview with one of those people coming up on the Zoomer Weekend Review. And let's get to uh, easier things to talk about. We've got Christine Elliott announcing she's not going to run again. Do you think that's going to have an impact on the provincial election, which is really, you know, a couple of months away in June? What do you think of that? Who do you think can replace her? And do you think there's anything else behind it? Because this is one case where I actually believe the the story. So they say, again, the numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll free 1-866-740-4740. Let's go to Ernest in Toronto. Hello, Ernest. Hello. Hi. Hi, Thanks you're on the air. You're welcome. Go ahead. Uh, I, I, as you said, I do believe that the rest of the world were not doing enough. I, I personally feel that a total and complete isolation of Russia should would probably put a quick end to this. Nothing coming out, nothing going in. I think rounding up all of the oligarchs and the millionaires of Russia around the world should be collected and, and rounded up and sent back to Russia. Let them put pressure on Putin to stop this nonsense. And, and I think the rest of the world, we're not just doing enough. We're talking a lot about it, I think, but we're not actually doing it. Uh, I mean, well, um, I think it's that simple. Well, I, I don't know if we're not doing it. We have seized assets of oligarchs. Uh, we have a, a, a very large number of businesses are stopping their operations or stopping their sales in Russia. I don't know if you saw the pictures of the IKEA, which is closed as of today. People can't get their IKEA. Apple's not going to sell their people's uh, Fitbits and their their Apple, their iPads and iPhones. I, I mean, the thing is that for a lot of younger people, they never lived under the Soviet Union. They don't know what it's like. They're used to being, having access to a lot of Western things. This is going to be a big shock for them. And well, go ahead. I'm, I'm sorry. And I do understand that we, we just went through a, a, a COVID for two years doing without, without a lot of things. I think another Three, three months uh, of complete isolation and li- literally cutting Russia off completely from the rest of the world. I think it will have a great impact. And we need to do, we talk, there's a lot of talk about swift action. To me, it's not swift enough. I mean, if this is swift, then I, you know, I, I you know, it, it should be really, this war should never go on past two or three weeks. Well, their their stock market has been closed for what it's the fifth day now, and uh, their ruble has been devalued by I think more than thirty percent. So, uh, there, the sanctions are are having an impact. But Ernest, you want to do more? I get it. It's uh, we feel helpless looking at what's happening over there. Well, uh, I. So I'm, I'm just like now. I'm just waiting to see how long this goes on and and what we're really going to do about it. Okay, Ernest, thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you. I'm having, what did I do there? Okay, I don't know what I did there, but I'm sure someone will fix it. It's time for our first break. Before we go to break, let me give the numbers out again. Haven't yet heard from anybody talking about the resignation of Christine Elliott. She's not running again. She hasn't resigned her position. What do you think about the way she handled the whole pandemic and what impact do you think that will have? 
there are some very high-profile people not running again. Also not running again is Randy Hillier, who's a very controversial guy who's spread a lot of conspiracy theories about COVID. So again, we're taking a very quick break. And when we come back, we will have more of your calls and your comments. The numbers, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer. When one considers the meaning of life, it is a struggle between alternative viewpoints of life itself. A free-for-all Friday. And without the ability to defend one's own viewpoint against other, perhaps more aggressive ideologies, then reasonableness and moderation could quite simply disappear. Name your topic and be as deep as you like. As long as there's a point in there somewhere. Here is Libby Snymer. Welcome back to this Free For All Friday. And boy, to me, it feels like the world has really changed in the last week and not for the better. And uh, if you're a Zoomer like I am and you remember, however vaguely, the Cold War uh, this is really reminiscent of that, and it feels really ominous to me. What do you think? And especially that attack on the largest nuclear plant in Europe. How scary is that? Uh, not that I want to scare people particularly going into the weekend, and 1.2 million Ukrainian refugees for the most part, being welcomed to neighboring countries, and that country being destroyed by Russia. Who is going to rebuild it? That's going to be the job of the West. That's my thought. And closer to home, Christine Elliott announcing that she is not going to run again. That is where we begin. Before I take our first caller, let me repeat the numbers. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Let's go to Mark in East York. Hi, Mark. Oh, hi, Libby. How are you? Fine. How are you? I'm great, thanks. I uh, just want to let you know, uh, I know it's a cliche. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Oh, wait. Can you hear the bell? No, you... but I, I know you do it, so it's, that's cool. Thank you. Very okay, much. we need better audio on the bell. I've already been told that. <laughs> okay. Please go uh, ahead. I'm just... I was wondering about the, the Christine Elliott resignation. I wonder if it, it might give us, a, you know, an idea to, or, or the time to think about using an American-style um, uh, appointment system where, uh, you know, someone gets nominated to run. They're not elected officials, uh, but the, the people running health and, uh, you know, uh, uh, things of that nature, they, they are appointed and then approved of by the legislative uh, uh, assembly. Well, that's a whole, that's a whole different system. We do have deputy ministers who are the actual professionals running it. Yes, they do. But uh, I'm just wondering if it would be a better system, uh, you know, because when you said, you know, Christine Elliott, you know, with her, uh, stepping down from that role, who are they going to get and who's qualified? Um, so even though you do have a deputy minister, uh, I think it might be uh, beneficial to have another person with better experience uh, running uh, these different uh, portfolios. Hmm. Well, it's a thought. It uh, It's a completely different system. I don't know if they're thinking of that, and uh, I'm sure they're trying to figure out who should be the next health minister and if that person should also be the deputy premier. Yeah, but uh, I wish her all the best. I mean, you know, it's, it's a lot to take on. You know, I, I think it's, I think she's 66 now. So, I mean, at the age of 64, taking on a pandemic, uh, that, you know, that's, that's just a challenge and a half and having triplet, uh, uh, having triplets at home. Well, they're they're not little triplets. I, not I will now, but still. <laughs> I will disagree with you. A lot of people are, uh, you know, very vigorous and active in their middle sixties. It's not old these days. Mayor no, is uh, about sixty-seven or sixty-eight, I think, and uh, yeah. he's uh, he's the Energizer Bunny. <laughs> well, I'm I'm in my sixties as well, but I'm thinking I know what it's like, you know, having to get up and and then to have the weight of all that. Uh, on you as well. I was like, boy, that's a lot to take on. So I, I, 
I, I wish you nothing but the best. Okay, Mark. Thank you for that. All right. Thanks, Libby. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. All right. Let's go to Maureen in North York. Hi, Maureen. Hello. Good, good afternoon. I, I wish to comment on the, uh, uh, you know, the attack on the nuclear power plant. Uh, I feel like you, Libby, it was a very ominous and scary thing for me to hear. And what makes it worse is to hear that Putin told his people that it was Ukraine's fault. You, you, you know, so so much misinformation, you know, and stories of Russian soldiers thinking they were going in there to attack fascists, which is not true, you know. So it's um, it's it's a very scary time, and uh, I just hope somehow there'll be a miracle, some way to solve this, because I don't think I remember the I'm 73, so I remember the Cuba crisis, eh? How nervous we were. <laughs> I feel just as nervous. <laughs> okay, so. well, um, the weekend's coming up. The sun is shining, and apparently it's going to be really nice and warm on Sunday. What oh, can yes, I say? I, I, and you know, maybe that's the other thing I'll say. I was drinking my coffee this morning, looking out the wind, my living room window, the sun shining and the blue sky, and I am so grateful that I am here in Canada. Yeah, <laughs> I think uh, everybody is going to be having a moment thinking that. Yes, and the hope that we can, and uh, I'm glad to hear that Canada is going to make Ukraine people welcome. They certainly need that. Okay, Maureen, thank you. Okay, bye for now. Bye-bye. Let me give the numbers out again. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Another thing we heard this week is that some of the big events around town are going to be resuming things like Carabana near my house. There's Salsa on St. Clair in July. Uh, are you looking forward? Are you ready to go back to one of those big events? Are you looking forward to it? I just got an email about uh, re reopening the Opera House uh, and welcoming people back there. So things are opening up. Things are looking good from that vantage point. The number is 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Let's go to John in Guelph. Hi, John. Hi, how are you? Fine. How are you? Good. Um, I was just thinking, like, um, the leader of uh, Ukraine was saying, we need money, you know, they need equipment. Why can't the Ontario government take the money they're supposed to rebate us on these driver's lights and stickers and forward that money there? I'm quite sure we can do without 120 bucks. Hmm, that's an idea. You know, it would certainly raise a lot of money. And just an another thought, like... Putin's maybe, you know, getting pushed back a lot harder than what he expected. With the mental state that man's in, it would be nothing like for him to say, okay, I'm losing, I'm getting driven back, I'm just going to use my nuclear weapons and the heck with it, you know? Well, a lot of people are concerned about his mental state and saying that he's changed, he was always considered a rational actor. People are questioning that, particularly Emmanuel Macron of France. It's very scary. It's it very is. scary. It and a lot of the commentary of is that, you know, would there be someone internally to challenge him? And the answer is no. And the other question no, well, is... I think they're just afraid of him. Well... Those own people are afraid of him. Well, of course. But it's also the military must be very solidly behind him. Yeah. Okay, John, thank you for your call. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. The numbers again, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. We've been talking mostly about the Ukraine, not the Ukraine, sorry. Sometimes that is a slip of the tongue. It's Ukraine and Russia, and what is going on there, the terrible war. We've seen the pictures of destruction. The most scary thing yet was 
the attack on that nuclear plant, the biggest nuclear plant in Europe, and thank goodness it did not trigger a leak. Uh, there have been mass outages of uh, electricity and heat. Yesterday on this show, we talked to a radio host. He was in his house. Uh, he had no heat. He was in Kiev. And um, he said he's managing. He said that there's enough food, but he needed cash. I know those cash machines are running out of cash. And at this point, not every store that has food is taking cards. So they are really in a bind. We've seen the flood of refugees, women and children, because men are not al allowed to leave there. And also we've started to see some in the other direction, people going over to Ukraine to fight with them. What do you think of that? 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Let's hear from Rachel in Brampton. Rachel in Brampton, hello. Hi, how are you? Fine, how are you? Good, thanks. Uh, I might be a minority in this, but of course I don't support... Uh, I want to talk about the Ukraine and uh, Russia thing. Um, of course I don't support uh, uh, Putin by all means. I mean, he's a madman. But I really also... People have to look at the U.S. and the Western policy uh, and other countries. Like, I mean, recently in Ethiopia, I mean, the U.S. supported um, the the brutal region, TPLF, ruled Ethiopia for 30 years, right? And they want to bring back the TPLF because they lost the Horn of Africa. And they, millions died. I never heard anything about the coverage for, about Ethiopia. And the U.S. is no different from, I'm sorry, from Russia, doing a lot of bad things. Uh that, that is, uh, I would say, fair comment. Not everyone agrees with you, but um, yeah, yeah. Uh, right now, I would say in this case, the U.S. is on the right side. How about that? Yes, true. Like I said, I do support. Uh, you know, uh, I, I of course I am very against the whole thing with any any country. But the U.S. is also has uh, a kind of like. Their policy is no different from in, in many countries. It depends on what they are interested. And uh, look, what, like I said, uh, I'm just I because I know where my family and I I I, I, I looked up on the uh, internet to to see the coverage, right? But I don't hear anything. Well, yeah, it, it is a very different story. There is a, a much less coverage of Africa and a much yeah. different attitude, frankly, let's be honest, yeah. uh, then th these are Europeans. And here in Canada, as I have said, uh, Ukraine is a domestic issue. We have the largest uh, Ukrainian-Canadian diaspora in the world. It's 1.4 million, and yeah. it's a political force. So th that makes it very different. Rachel, yeah. thank you for I, your I, call. I, I, thank you very much, and I, peace to everybody. <laughs> okay, thank you. Let's Bye. go to Sue in Mississauga. Hello, Sue. Oh, hi, Libby. I'm glad I got through. I can't believe that uh, Putin and the army would risk uh, a nuclear disaster again that would affect most of Europe. Is there nothing that can be done? Like, I'm sure that a lot of those young soldiers don't even know what they're shooting at. Uh, quite possibly. I mean, but what could be done to, to try to uh, avert that kind of disaster? Well, uh, peace would be a good start or talks. Uh, there, the, there's an emergency meeting of the United Nations. I mean, I don't know. Don't even, don't even get me started on that. I know. I guess the danger is that they say that Putin is just so, uh, belligerent and uh, stubborn that he'll just keep pushing until something drastic happens. He's not going to back down. And that's the really scary part. Anyway, I'll just let you go. I have to say I came here in 1956 when the Russians invaded uh, Hungary. And I am ever so thankful to be a Canadian. That's right. And you know what? For a lot of people, what's happening now is uh, somewhat reminiscent Absolutely. of 1956 Hungary. And the same with Czechoslovakia in 68. And the same with Czechoslovakia in 68. 
Uh, And that was uh, the USSR. Sue, thanks for your call. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, Valentina in Fergus. Hello, Valentina. Hello, how are you today? I'm fine. How are you? I'm well, thank you, and feeling very blessed to be here. My parents came here as displaced people after the Second World War, and I grew up under the shadow of the Holodomor, having two psychologically defective parents because they had to do such horrid things to stay alive in the 30s. And I have written a book about my mother's life, which has been sanctioned by the Holodomor Consortium and is used as a reading companion now for educational literature. And I'm telling you that if we don't find a way to stop Putin and his uh, thugs, we are going to pay an awful price. And it's not just going to be the Ukrainians because, you know, normal people, when there is sort of a war, they have rules that they follow, like the rules of the Geneva Convention. People like Putin, who have been schooled by Students of Stalin don't abide by those rules. And I don't mean to be pushing my book, but... <laughs> but, if, but you will anyway, Valentina. Yeah, if yes, you I... look at the details, like I don't write about the history because we know the history. You can look up the archives and see that, say, in 1927, X number of cattle was just taken and then left to forage in the forest while Ukrainian people starved. And the West did not lift a finger there. They tried selling wheat or or sending wheat, excuse me. They tried sending wheat and aid, but it was stopped by Stalin. We really need to get involved somehow. I'm hoping it's not going to be a war. Okay, Valentina. Thank you very much for your call and your perspective. Yeah. Um, My parents also came here as displaced persons after the war. And uh, people are marked by the things they went through. Again, the numbers, 416-360-0740, toll-free 866 744740. Joseph in Brampton. Hello, Joseph. Hi, Libby. How are you? Fine. How are you? Not bad. Yeah. Um, what I really want to say is um, uh, I think now is the right time, and the, the United Nations should never ease up. I think now is the time to take off Putin because what happened in Ukraine, to be honest with you, is unprovocable. And there is no reason why I see Putin have to do that right now. To be honest with you, I think it's somebody that we cannot trust in this world. We really need peace in this world. And I think they should ease up until he get out from there. Hmm. Do you, yeah, what do you, I what we believe now is the time. No ease up. Put all, sorry, some of we people in certain country when things happen like that, we will have to go to some hard time. But because of the choice of our leaders, and I feel now is the right time. He, they shouldn't step out unless he get out from there. Hmm. Okay, Joseph, thank you for that. You're welcome. It is time for another break. Let me give the numbers before we take the break. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And most of the calls, of course, are on the war in Ukraine, the attack on the nuclear plant, the refugees, are we doing enough? What about the United Nations? All those questions that people want to talk about. Also closer to home, we heard that the health minister, Deputy Premier Christine Elliott, is not going to run again. And what do you think that'll mean in the context of the election? And can you think of anybody on Premier Ford's front bench who could step in, credible candidate. Uh, They're probably thinking about that as we speak. So again, we are taking a quick break and we'll be right back. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Zneimer, a free for all Friday. 
Step up, say your piece, and we promise not to interrupt. Just be lively about it. We have a lot of listeners hanging on your every word. Here is Libby Snymer. Welcome back to this Free For All Friday. I am going to get right to the phones. Of course, the big topic is the war on Ukraine, the attack on a nuclear power plant. How dangerous was that? How dangerous is Vladimir Putin? And he threatened a nuclear response. Why didn't we believe him? We are lucky. So far, there has been no leaking, no adverse, well, adverse effects. Some of those reactors are down, but uh, it is just completely scary. It has shades of the Second World War, shades of the Cold War. Uh, there are huge sanctions against Russia, and the people there are starting to feel what it's like, what it was like to live under the Soviet Union, because many of them are too young. They never did. They like their access to Western goods and travel and all the aspects of the good life that uh, are being cut off now. Their stock markets closed. Their ruble is way, way down. And uh, yeah, but that is nothing. Well, I wouldn't say nothing. That's It's not a lot compared to what the people of Ukraine are going through. Sheltering in subways, 1.2 million refugees, mostly women and children. The good news is that most of them are being welcomed, at least so far. Let's get right to the phones. Oh, let me give the numbers again. 416-360-0740, toll-free 866 744 740. Let's go to Patrick in Toronto. Hi, Patrick. Um, good afternoon, uh, Libby. How are you? Fine. How are you? I'm pretty good. I just want to raise a point. Uh, it's, um, I, and I'm not uh, trying to downgrade the Ukrainian function, is that uh, Canada promised to bring in 40,000 Afghanis, and uh, that has seemed to really slow down to nothing. I'm just wondering because our, our Deputy Prime Minister, uh, is of Ukrainian background, is that has made any difference in why the Canadian government is, is pushing to allow the Ukrainians into Canada. As I said, I'm not downgrading the Ukrainian function. I'm completely back in the Ukrainians, but we had the support from uh, those 40,000 or so Afghanis that were uh, that helped our Canadian Armed Forces uh, not coming into Canada too fast. Well, uh, the immigration minister, Sean Fraser, was asked is exactly about that yesterday. And what he said was that the problem is that the Afghans are not finding a way to leave Afghanistan, that the Taliban is not cooperating. And I guess we are not in a position to help them get out. You know, a lot of people feel that they were just abandoned. It was a big shock to everyone and a quick surprise at how quickly the regime there fell and the Taliban took over. And I am not making excuses for our government because a lot of people think it is shameful. However, what he said is that Canada is still committed to taking 40,000 Afghans if they can get the heck out of there. And in the meantime, they are in danger. Well, I'm, I guess I missed that point in the news. I wasn't watching too much of it yesterday, but I am, you know, I am quite aware of the Ukrainian background and uh, that I know that we have well over a million uh, Ukrainians uh, in in Canada. Absolutely, yeah. And uh, a good chunk of them are in uh, Western Canada, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, and that. And uh, and when you think back of uh, prior to the First World War, is that. Uh, the, the government was allowing Ukrainians and Russians and everybody else into Canada for all the free land. And all of a sudden, when the Second World, First World War started, they were not allowed into Canada any, anymore. But um, it's just uh, surprising that, uh, you know, with uh, a deputy, the deputy prime minister is of Ukrainian background, how fast 
the government has stepped up for the for the Ukrainian problem. Well, it's it's also uh, 1.4 million Ukrainians who vote. Uh, let, <laughs> True. Uh, let let's and and it is you know it's interesting on the on the truckers. The prime minister was getting a huge amount of criticism. A lot of people, even people who do not support the truckers, thought he made things worse and. The feeling is that he's been pitch perfect on this. And I think, you know, there's so much reporting out of there and there is kinship and people are watching these pictures and it's, it is horrific. And yes, it's, it's not the same when we look at a place like Afghanistan. You're right. Uh, It's just that, you know, you look at it, I mean, like CTV has, uh, um, Lisa Laflamme in, in Poland. They have, uh, you know, the other top person is running around Ukraine right now. Um, we really didn't have too much of that in Afghan, uh, in uh, Afghanistan. But, uh, you know, we do, uh, we are doing the best we can. I know that uh, as a NATO member, we can't get involved uh, as deeply as we might want to. But um, hopefully the situation might improve and that we can get Putin the hell out of uh, uh Ukraine uh, and and actually keep on barring whatever they're doing. I think we got to go after his money, uh, full blast. That he's got supposedly six hundred million dollars stashed away or six billion dollars stashed away somewhere, and uh, let's just get uh, hold of it and that can start paying back for the damages that are being done in the Ukraine. Okay, thank you for that, Patrick. Thank you. You have a great day. Thanks. Okay. Bye. 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 We still have a few, uh, quite a few minutes left in the show, so let me give the numbers out again. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And let us go to Bill in Uxbridge. Hello, Bill. Hello, Libby. Uh, Love your show. Love everything Zuma Radio does. Excellent. Uh, Thank you. My... my, uh, (laughs) Particularly, I love the music. Anyway, my comment is about, uh, I think the best way to get back at Putin, to put some brakes on him, is through the oligarchs. And the best way to get through to, to the oligarchs is they got their kids studying in Canadian universities and, and universities all over Western Europe and North America. We should put the stop to that right away, cancel their student visas, send them home, and then let the oligarchs think about that. Well, Maybe that's that being, will put pressure on, on Putin. Bill, let me just to, I don't want to interrupt you, but that is being done. Oh, There's a whole list naming oligarchs whose visas are being cancelled, uh, and all of that is happening, and some of them are on the high seas in their yachts because they know that their yachts will be seized. So that is underway. Well, that's really good news. I'm glad somebody else thought of it. Okay. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Zoe. Thank you, Bill. Bye. Bye-bye. Let's go to Joan in Burlington. Hello, Joan. Hi, Libby. It's nice to talk with you again. Oh, um, oh where did she go? What happened there? Uh, Joan, uh, we still have a few minutes left, and you can call back. I don't think it's anything that I did, but, you know, sometimes there are gremlins in the software, let us go to Brian in Mimico. Hello, Brian. Afternoon. Uh, you know, so we gave uh, Ukraine 4,500 M72s and uh, a bunch of Carl Gustav. When I was in the Army Reserves back in the 60s, we were firing those. So they're over 50 years old. M72 is a Vietnam weapon. That's that tube thing you see soldiers of the Vietnam War carrying around, disposable rocket launcher. You pull it out, fire it, toss the tube away. How good are they? Are they going to go off? Are they going to fire it? How much does this deplete whatever reserves we had in uh, you know, ammunition or equipment? I'd like to know that because I've heard before that Canada had to fight a war They'd run out of ammunition in a couple of weeks, and it's not like you can order more from Amazon. So, <laughs> you know, I don't think you did them that great a favor. He's just getting rid of old ordnance. 
Okay, we're getting rid of old ordinance. I know that we we are they they want anti missile weapons, you know. Frankly, I'm I'm not that up on weaponry. They want uh anti aircraft, anti missile weapons, and apparently we have some to send them out of our own stockpiles. Brian, thank you for your call. Well these just free flight weapons. They don't follow a laser beam. No guarantee you're gonna hit the target. It's like shooting a rifle. Okay. Thank you for that. Okay. Okay. Let's go to Stan in Mississauga. Hello, Stan. Hi, Libby. Um, Libby, I just, um, I have uh, history in the Ukraine for my grandparents and uh, and Poland. And I think what a lot of people don't uh, understand, and just for the sake of understanding, there's a great history there of Ukraine, Poland, and Russia the control of those countries going back and forth, back and forth over time. Uh, Ukraine was talked into the USSR. Um, and the powers to be, like uh, CNN reported that they interviewed five people the other day uh, in the Ukraine, and all of them responded to the interpreter in Russian. Uh, there's five languages, uh, Polish, Ukrainian, Russian, and I'm not sure of the other two. One might be white Russian, because my dad told me there was always a difference in conversation. And it's such a convoluted history there, but there's no excuse for what he's doing. I'm just saying there's a big history in that region. Absolutely. That's back and forth, back and forth. Yeah, the borders keep changing. Yeah. My, yep. my mother, my mother's Ukrainian, but she was born in Poland, because at the time, Poland had control. My good friend went back to see where his... His dad taught, and he's German, but he his dad taught in a pocket of a German community in the Ukraine. And um, it it has a real history of going back and forth, uh, and it's uh, it's unfortunate what's happened now, because they all have been, you know, there's some hesitation I hear or I've read by the Russian soldiers not wanting to attack certain areas. Because they feel that they're countrymen in some ways. Well, I, I, I haven't seen evidence of hesitation to attack certain areas. Stan, uh, thank you for your call. Let's go to Pat in Toronto. Hi, Pat. Hi, Libby. I want to comment on the, um, the amount of uh, 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 politicking that's going on um, between the sticker refund. And there's been an ad on TV telling us how great Ontario is. I must have seen that at a dozen times, and I don't think it's money well spent. And it's most of us can figure it out that uh, Mr. Ford is trying to convince us that he's the only choice uh, for the election. Uh, it, we need uh, you wait after the election. We'll get it with a big tax increase, and uh, all of this uh, electioneering will be forgotten. So, well, uh, before the election, we'll probably get a tax break. That would be my guess, that we get a tax break to encourage us to vote for Doug Ford. For a further break. Yes. Okay. Agreed. (laughs) Agreed. Yeah. And those, you know what, the one thing about the Auditor General has talked about it when there are ads that are disguised as government public service ads, but look an awful lot like election ads. Well, they all do it. I agree, but it doesn't make it right. It does not make it right. Absolutely not. Anyway. What, Pat, what do you think about Christine Elliott leaving? I think that's very sad. Um, uh, I really wonder what would be going on at the cabinet table. Um, mind you, maybe she can go back to the job that she had just before uh, she ran. If you remember, she was doing something for health care. She was the uh, patient ombudsman. I mean, I can't imagine. I don't imagine that she would want that job, but the, the person who replaced her died tragically. And I'm not sure if the person in there now is is the permanent person or fill in. Uh, I don't know what's happening with that, but I, I don't know that she would want her old job. I bet she wants to take a break. That well, would be my bet. Exactly. Anyway, interesting times. Yes, uh, too interesting. Thanks, Pat. Thank you. Okay, we have time for Aaron in Thornhill. Hello, Aaron. Hi, how are you doing? Fine, how are you? Great, Libby. Well, first of all, before I, I comment on the generating station, 
um, that was hit in Ukraine. I just want to say that my wife is from the Ukraine, and her sister uh, escaped uh, from Kharkov, uh, and right now is in Romania. And uh, thanks to the Canadian government, it looks like we'll be able to bring her here to um, uh, stay with her mom in Montreal. Uh, thanks for the, to the Canadian government. Uh, uh, the other thing is... Uh, I worked for Ontario Hydro, uh, had my career there. I did design work on the Pickering Nuclear Generating Station here. Uh, and someone has commented on how the issue, how serious the issue was. Uh, the nuclear reactor is, is itself is, you can't, you can't destroy that easily with, with, uh, with missiles. But the problem is the, um, the auxiliary power systems that are used to have a orderly shutdown of the reactor um, require, in the worst case, um, uh, diesel generators to work and supply it with with power. If you're you can't get power from the power system itself, and the issue is that they're they're always designed uh, to with an to what's called double contingency failure, which means you never expect one system to go down when the other, and 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 uh, and, and, uh, and then have the second one go second one go down for the same event. But something like this, when they're shooting and 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 hitting, and shooting missiles at the, this equipment, even if they're on different parts of the uh, uh, of the building, they can knock out both of them at the same time. And then you have no auxiliary power. And then how do you have an orderly shutdown of the reactor itself? Aaron, I, the, uh, I, Aaron, um, thanks for your perspective. And we want to continue a conversation, just not now because we're out of time. Uh, we're okay. going to get your phone number because we would like to follow up and see what happens to your sister-in-law and how she gets here and all of that. And I appreciate your call. All right. Uh, that is all the time we have for Fight Back for today and for this week. And uh, I'll be taking a little break next week. Jane Brown will be here and I will be back uh, in about eight days and look forward to coming back. And everybody have a good one and uh, let us all hope for the best. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.